Hello, everybody out there, and welcome to week nine of the Process Fantasy Football Podcast. Glad to have you here. My name is Aaron Larson. You can find me at on Twitter at AA Larson. And I am also here on the Locker Room app. Just went live, just tweeted that out. So if you're out there seeing the tweet, or if you saw it, if you're on Locker Room and you want to get involved in the conversation here, uh, hit me up with the request to speak button. You can go over to the discussion tab, drop questions in there. I'm going to do my weekly thing here and go through some of the players that stuck out as I was going through my process that I do every week, looking at strength of schedule, matchups, depth charts, injuries, all those types of things, trying to get the best plays for week nine of fantasy football. We had a lot of news come down uh, today. Uh, recently, while this COVID news with the, the Packers 49ers game just a, a few hours ago, uh, some more 49ers got ruled out. So we'll be talking about that. And uh, earlier today, Matthew Stafford was put on the COVID list. So we'll talk about that a little bit as well. Uh, we do this every week. So I like to do a quick glance back at last week. Uh, hits and misses. Man, last week was a, a uh, kind of a crazy week. Some of the bigger hits that I had, uh, I said J.K. Dobbins would be good against Pittsburgh. He showed out great. The backup running backs I like, Jamal Williams, Gio Bernard. Um, I said just kind of be cautious of Clyde Edwards-Alaire. That worked out. I said Corey Davis was playable. He did awesome. Uh, I said to stay away from Michael Gallup, and he actually had one of his better games of the year, but it still was not good. Uh, misses last week, though. Definitely had some of those as well. I loved Teddy Bridgewater. That did not pan out in that ugly Thursday night game. I liked Jimmy Garoppolo as a streamer last week. That definitely didn't work out. And I loved Jonathan Taylor last week. That didn't work out either, as he broke the hearts of a lot of fantasy managers. Uh, so we're on to week nine, though. Let's start talking about week nine. We have four teams on the bye again this week. It's the Eagles, the Rams, the Browns, and the Bengals. So definitely some fantasy-relevant players. I don't know if you're like me. Every week I look at my lineups these last couple of weeks, and it's like, holy cow, I've got a lot of guys that I need to replace, uh, either with bye weeks or injuries. So if you're... If you're hanging in there in the playoff chase in your league still, you're doing something right because it is definitely a grind this year. Um, we're going to start getting into the players that I, I like and some that I actually want to avoid as well this week. Uh, as I'm going through this again, I see some people listening in the room. So if you want to get involved, you want to ask a question, go ahead and you can hit the speaker request or you can just type it in the discussion and I will see it there as well. Uh, quarterbacks, you know what I was going to, my plan was to kick off talking about how much I liked Matthew Stafford this week against Minnesota. And that definitely uh, is not happening now. Well, I guess he hasn't officially been ruled out yet, but he's on the COVID list. So I can't imagine. I know he did have a false positive that kind of made some waves in the preseason. Uh, so maybe he's holding out hope for that again, or Detroit is, but either way, I'm not going to be recommending him. So let's look a little deeper at some streamable, Quarterback, some guys that you might need as replacements. And the top of my list there is Drew Locke for the Denver Denver Broncos taking on Atlanta this week in Atlanta. And don't look now, but Drew Locke is kind of turning into that gunslinger that we had hoped. He actually finished uh, as a quarterback seven last week. And he uh, he has the highest ADOT, the highest average depth of target of any of the main starting quarterbacks right now. Uh, his average intended air yards is 9.9 yards, which per attempt is pretty, it's, it's leading the NFL as far as uh, primary passers goes. 
And then I mentioned that, mentioned this, he's playing Atlanta. Atlanta, up until last week, was giving up the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. It's still the second most. They actually dipped slightly behind Seattle, but it's a fantastic matchup. So I think Drew Locke is somebody you can definitely plug into your lineup this week. I have him ranked as the quarterback 14, so just outside of that top 12 that you want to start, but that's not always uh, available, especially as bi-week fill-ins. So Drew Locke is somebody I will definitely play. Right behind him on my, my ranks, I have Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is a good play this week as well. The, uh, the Chargers have not been, not been great on defense that we kind of thought they would be. They've dealt with some injuries and stuff like that. Uh, over the last four games, they've given up three top eight fantasy quarterback performances. So they can give up some points. Derek Carr can, can put some up if needed. And I think this might be a sneaky bit of a shootout game. Uh, really digging deep here. If you're very, very desperate, I do think you can play Kyle Allen, uh, the Washington football team against the Giants. Uh, again, that's this is if you're in desperation mode with bye weeks, injuries, maybe, maybe you have Stafford, you're planning to play him, and now all of a sudden there's nobody to pick up. Maybe Kyle Allen is there. Uh, the, the New York Giants they are giving up the fourth most fantasy points to quarterbacks over the last three weeks. So small sample size. Um, he finished as the quarterback 16 earlier this season, a couple weeks ago, against the Giants. Again, that's that's not winning your league, but it might be able to keep you in a matchup if you need to. Some quarterbacks that I am avoiding a little bit, and again, this is all relative, right? So I'm saying avoid Ryan Tannehill. Now, I still have him ranked as my quarterback 13. He's been really good this year. Uh, he's been really efficient for the last year and a half, but we may be seeing that uh, efficiency catch up with him a little bit, maybe a little bit of regression here. He has a tough matchup against Chicago. Uh, the Bears have been the best defense against quarterbacks all season. Even with that performance, they gave up uh, Drew Brees with them up a little bit last week, but they're still number one as far as points allowed on average to quarterbacks. Um, and Tannehill, he had three top eight finishes early in the season, but now the last two weeks, uh, quarterback 16, quarterback 13. So I've got him right in that range. You can play him, but he is not somebody I'm making a, a big effort to start. <laughs> um, do not start Nick Mullins. Uh, I, I wrote this up before uh, before Brandon Ayuk was ruled out. So I didn't like him then, and I don't like him even less now. Uh, he, I don't know who he's going to throw the ball to. It's going to be Trent Taylor, Jarek McKinnon, Jordan Reed, and Ross Dwelly, I guess. So, yeah, the Thursday night game, I still am shocked that they're playing this, but I'm recording this on Wednesday night, and it is still on, apparently. But, yeah, do, do, not, do not get cute and try to play uh, Nick Mullins. I would definitely rather play Kyle Allen this week. Uh, let's move on to the running backs. And the running back I want to talk about right up front is David Montgomery. I actually uh, I write, well, I contribute to a, uh, a trade article, a weekly trade article on the Fantasy Footballers uh, website. And this is the guy that I am targeting to try to trade for. I actually have him in a lot of leagues, but if I don't have him, I'm trying to target him. David Montgomery has been uh, a top 24 running back, I think, in almost every game he's played this year. I had the stat written down, but I didn't put it on my notes. <laughs> um, but he goes up against the Titans this week. I do have this. Uh, since Tariq Cohen went out, which I think was week three, he is literally the only running back to touch the ball for the Chicago Bears. Uh, Cordero Patterson's got a couple carries. I think he's got 20-some carries. Uh, 
Montgomery's like 117 on the season so far. So he's getting all the volume. He's had tough matchups the previous few weeks, but his schedule opens wide up starting now. Tennessee, who he plays this week, uh, is uh, middle of the pack. They are the 18th best, so 14th, 13th worst against running backs for fantasy-wise. They gave up the number four overall to running backs last week against Cincinnati and Gio Bernard. Uh, so, and then moving forward, why he's a trade target, uh, the Bears have the softest schedule for running backs for the rest of the season. That includes matchups against Green Bay, Detroit, Houston, Jacksonville. Those are all bottom 10 teams. Uh, they're all bottom six teams right now against running backs for fantasy football. So go get David Montgomery. You can play to Michael Hasty this week against Green Bay. I didn't mention him in the, uh, one of the few offensive weapons that San Francisco has left. Uh, it's going to be him and McKinnon and, uh, like I said, <laughs> Jordan Reed, Ross Dwelly, Trent Kalen. Uh, yeah, so you, you can play him against the Packers. The Packers, if you haven't noticed, are terrible against running backs. Uh, Jared, uh, not Jared, Delvin Cook lit them up last week, but the last, well, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six of their seven games have been top 10 running back performances. So definitely can play hasty. I think he will carry the ball more than McKinnon, especially because they're going to have to use McKinnon now in the passing game. Uh, DeAndre Swift, I want to talk about real quick. I, I like DeAndre Swift. His usage is going up. Um, it's a little bit shaky now. If, if Matthew Stafford's not in, I'm not sure they'll be able to you know, get as positive of a game script, but I'm trusting the usage, trusting the talent. He's definitely an upside play. Uh, speaking of the usage, he saw uh, career, uh, yeah, 62% of the snaps last week, which was his season high. His past three weeks, 38%, 45%, 62%. He's also getting the, the targets. He, he's the explosive player. He has the talent. It's still going to be a split backfield with him and Peterson, and on Johnson. So it's going to be a little annoying, but I like his home run ability. I'm totally okay starting him. And I like him in DFS a lot this week. He kind of kind of bombed in DFS a little bit. I think a lot of people will be off of him after last week, but the peripheral numbers are still good for him. Um, the Kansas City Chief running backs, I like both of them. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I obviously like a little bit better. And I like Le'Veon Bell this week, both of them, against Carolina, because besides last week, that uh, Thursday night game, which was always kind of weird, Todd Gurley, he still scored a touchdown. But uh, the Panthers, that was one of the first times that they did not give up a top 10 fantasy performance to running backs. They are the the second worst against the running backs for fantasy-wise, so I'll give up the second most fantasy points per game. So CEH, I have ranked way up there. I have him as my running back seven this week. I think the Panthers can do enough to kind of hang with the Chiefs long enough to keep it interesting and keep CEH involved. And I think Le'Veon Bell is going to do just fine as well. I have Bell ranked as RB29. So he is more of like a flex consideration. Um, Maybe a running back too. He's kind of ranked just outside there, but you can definitely play him. The last time, and it was against the Jets last week, so take it for what it's worth, but they each had six carries. And they each had three targets. They had pretty much the same usage. Uh, Edwards Allaire was a little bit more productive with his. Neither one really had a huge game, though. I could see either one having it. And haven't mentioned this yet, even. The Chiefs have the highest implied point total on the week of 31.5 points. 
Uh, the over-under in this game is 50-something, and I think they're favored by 10 and a half. Uh, so, yeah, so definitely can play either of those. Running backs that I'm more on the avoid side this week. Uh, I, I almost didn't, didn't write this down because I was like, oh, that's just too obvious, but I feel like it has to be mentioned that Ezekiel Elliott is not what he used to be. Now, again, I'm not saying you should bench him because in most situations you are not able to bench Ezekiel Elliott. If you are able to bench him, you have a tremendous lineup. Um, but I am ranked as a running back 11, and that seems a little high, actually. Uh, the last three weeks, ever since uh, Dak has been out, he has finished as the RB28, running back 40, and running back 31, which even for how bad their, their offense has been, that, that surprised me when I looked that up. And now, of course, they play Pittsburgh this week with probably yet another different third or fourth string practice squad quarterback starting. So I do not – I'm going to – I will put Zeke in my lineup because you have to, right? He's going to get carries. But, man, the last three weeks for the Cowboys, uh, they have put up 10 points, 3 points, and 9 points as a team. So, yeah, you have to start him, but, man, don't like it. Um, Another guy that kind of falls in the similar category is Jonathan Taylor. I mentioned him up front. Man, he was – I wrote up an article back in July about why I thought Jonathan Taylor would be a league winner. I drafted him everywhere. I drafted him early. Um, I'm not giving up on him, but, oh, man, it does not feel good. I have him ranked as the running back 19 this week. Uh, You know, it sounds like it came out that he was dealing with a little bit of an ankle injury. So maybe that's why. Uh, But, man, he is borderline unplayable against Baltimore. Baltimore is the number two uh, defense per average against fantasy running backs. So, I don't want to play Taylor. We saw, um, oh man, why is it escaping me now? <laughs> the other, the other running back. That's what you want to hear. You say, um, Naheem Hines had the passing work, and oh, this is going to bother me. I'll come back to that. Uh, the Colts running back. My goodness, this is great live podcasting here. Jordan Wilkins. My goodness, sorry, I didn't even look it up. It just popped into my mind. <laughs> Jordan Wilkins had 20 carries last week. So I don't know what to do there. I, if I don't have to start a Colts running back, I'm not going to this week. And then Todd Gurley. I just am afraid the touchdown production cannot stay up. Uh, he's a good trade away candidate. If you can get something in return, you know, talk about how where he sits in the fantasy standings right now. I haven't ranked his running back 15 this week uh, against Denver. You can play him, but I just I don't want to. He's not getting targets. He's uh, they're, they're starting to rest him a little more, too. Brian Hill got... Uh, more snaps last week. Uh, he was uh, in on 51% of the snaps last week. Todd Gurley, 51%. So just barely over half the plays. I do not trust him. Uh, he had 18 carries. Brian Hill had 11 carries. And then Brian Hill got the passing work too. Brian Hill had three targets. Gurley had none. So, uh, last note on running backs. Uh, again, talking about this Thursday night game. It sounded like Aaron Jones wasn't going to play, but now he's listed as questionable. So, I mean, if Aaron Jones plays, holy cow, are you playing him? Because Jamal Williams and A.J. Dillon are out, so he will get all the usage. But if Jones is out, uh, I'm not rushing to play Dexter Williams or Tyler Irvin. Those are the the, uh, backs being thrown out there because it's the only 
running backs the Packers have now if Aaron Jones is out. Um, of the two, I would rather play Dexter Williams. He's more of a traditional running back that I think would get more carries, whereas Tyler Irvin has been the guy running uh, the orbit motions, the jet sweeps, kind of the gadget um, receiving running back. So he could pop off some big plays, but I don't want to play either of them, although I understand that a lot of people are at that point at this time in the NFL season. Uh, let's talk about wide receivers. Again, the guy I wanted to talk about off the top and highlight was Brandon Ayuk, but that's not going to happen now. So I do think if you're desperate, uh, Trent Taylor is going to have to see some catches. Uh, he was kind of a, a guy I liked as a sneaky, maybe slot guy this off season. Hasn't really panned out. He's getting on the field, but he's not doing much with those targets. But in this desperate game where they're not going to have a lot of options, you could play him in desperation mode. Uh, a little more positive here. Russell Gage for Atlanta. Uh, he had a couple big weeks to start off the year, and then he kind of faded away as Atlanta's uh, was dealing with all those injuries. So Kelvin Ridley, it sounds like, is going to be out, but Julio Jones is not going to be out, and there seems to be a discrepancy there. When Julio goes out, Atlanta's passing game kind of falls apart. When Ridley goes out, it seems like somebody else steps up, Oftentimes, that is Russell Gage. So I like him as a uh, you know wide receiver three flex play, especially in PPR formats. Not worried about the matchup with Denver. Denver is literally right in the middle of the pack with receivers, uh, ranked number 16. Um, I'm still willing to play Marquise Hollywood Brown. He plays the Colts this week. Uh, good passing defense, but again... Passing defense is not something I'm really too concerned about with a guy like Hollywood because he is going to still be faster than everybody on the field, and Lamar will still take the occasional deep shot to him. Uh, And, you know, he kind of made a little noise this week, and if there's one position where sometimes that squeaky wheel gets the grease, it is wide receiver. He's still running a lot of routes. He ran 34 routes last week. He's been on the field uh, a ton, you know, over 85, 90 percentile of the snaps. Uh, he actually got some red zone targets, and he, he did have a touchdown last week, but it was like a three-yard touchdown, which is a little different for him. So I think he still, he still is a top 10 in the weighted opportunity metric I talked about last week, which is on uh, Josh Hermsmeyer's uh, air yards data. So, yeah, I'm still good with Hollywood. Uh, no guarantee, but the upside is still definitely there. Speaking of upside, uh, Henry Ruggs, I said before I, I kind of like Derek Carr as a streamer. And I like Henry Ruggs. Again, he's kind of like the uh, the discount version of Hollywood. He is getting a lot of snaps. He's running a lot of routes. He's getting a lot of air yards. He just hasn't gotten a big week yet. Or uh, not, not the huge week. He's had one pretty good week. I, I liked him last week, but that was before I saw that they were playing in whatever it was, 25-mile-an-hour wins and sleet. It's just that game did not work. Now, they're in L.A. this week playing the Chargers. That's going to be a much better environment. So I like taking my shot on him. Um, If Alan Lazard does play for the Packers, he's worth a shot if he's active. He finished at the beginning of the season. He had two really good games. Two of his his three games uh, were in the top 13. He had a a 16-point game, a 6-point game, and a 23-point fantasy game in half-point PPR scoring. So if he's active and you need a guy in your lineup, throw him out there. Uh, And then i got to talk about Antonio Brown. He is back. He's in the NFL. He's going to be active. Uh, We still don't know about Chris Godwin. Uh, Mike Evans will be there. Gronk will be there. Godwin might be. But uh, whoever is or isn't out there, 
Antonio Brown, I think, is going to get targets. Um, you know, you can have personal opinions about him as a, as a human being. I definitely do. But as a football player, every time we've seen him, he has produced. And we know that Tom Brady was campaigning to get Brown to Tampa. He got him there. He's going to force-feed him the ball. I have him ranked as wide receiver 27, which is kind of hedging a little bit. I really think he's going to be either way above that or way below that. And I, I wouldn't be shocked if he was quite a bit above that. So you can definitely play him. It's a little mysterious and a little unknown, but I think think he'll be good. Good enough. And then uh, I'm, a lot of receivers I like this week. I'm going to quickly mention the Bronco receivers because I said I like Drew Locke a lot as my streaming quarterback of the week, and now he's been slinging it. Well, Jerry Judy has been the best beneficiary of that. He is a deep ball guy, uh, and Tim Patrick has not been bad either. He was out last week. I think he's back this week, so I definitely prefer Judy. You can play Patrick as well. Those are all the receivers that I really like this week, a few that I don't like so much. Uh, and again, I always kind of have to, have to qualify these. I'm going to start off with Terry McLaurin. And I love Terry McLaurin, and I still have him ranked as my wide receiver 14. So I'm not saying to bench him, but uh, I've seen places, quite a few, where he is still ranked in the top 10 for the week, and I can't get him there this week. Not with James Bradbury, the, the Giants. Giants are kind of a train wreck of a team, but James Bradbury has been fantastic on defense. He has allowed three touchdowns, and he has uh, gotten four interceptions. Uh, looking at the matchups he's faced, he's done some shadow coverage on some pretty big guys and done pretty well. Uh, Allen Robinson, he shadowed. Uh, Robinson had six catches for 49 yards. Not great. He shadowed Robert Woods, who had uh, four catches for four yards. That's what the stat says, at least. That seems low. <laughs> uh, he shadowed Amari Cooper. Uh, three, three catches for 35 yards. Again, not a great performance. Uh, great defensive performance. Uh, he faced off against McLaurin a couple of weeks ago. In that game, McLaurin had seven catches for 66 yards. So it was one of the better performances. And, and if you're in a PPR format, that's, that's pretty solid. But it's not the, the top 10 performance that we like to see from, from Scary Terry. So uh, you can definitely start him, but be careful with it. Um, DJ Shark, I, DJ Shark has just been bad. Uh, part of it could be Gardner Minshew, but I really don't think that Jake Luton, <laughs> the rookie, I think he's a rookie. I honestly had not heard about him until he was named the starter or the rumors started going around last week. But he's apparently the starter. Uh, I don't want to trust DJ Shark in this matchup. His previous three weeks before the bye, and I know he was coming off the injury. He's been injured a lot in his career, but he has not been inside the top 40 receivers. He's only been inside the top 34 uh, fantasy receivers one week this year. He's had one good week, and he missed a week, and he's had five bad weeks. I don't think this is going to be the breakout game. Um, all of the Cowboys receivers I'm staying away from. I mentioned this, how bad their offense has been, and it's either going to be Cooper Rush or Garrett Gilbert starting at quarterback against Pittsburgh and TJ Watt and the whole casting crew over there of one of the scariest defenses in the league. So if I had to rank them, I would play Cooper first and then Lamb and then Gallup. Uh, but I think I have Cooper the highest at like wide receiver 20-something. Not somebody that I'm rushing to start there either. 
And then even, well, not, maybe not worse, maybe as bad, uh, the New York Giants receivers, I don't want to start any of them. Washington has actually been the best, or the worst, I guess, the worst matchup for fantasy-wide receivers. They've given up the fewest average fantasy points allowed. There's only been one time all season they've given up a top 10 uh, performance to a, a wide receiver core for fantasy football. Uh, they have a 26, a 30, a 27, a 27, a 28. So they have been shockingly good defensively. And part of that, I think, is their front four getting pressure. <laughs> Guys like uh, Chase Young and Montez Sweat. And if they can get pressure on Daniel Jones, which they can, uh, Daniel Jones under pressure is not good, which is why I'm going to talk about the Washington defense a little bit later. Uh, some tight ends. Got to talk tight ends real quick. Uh, I like Hayden Hurst. Part of the reason I liked Hayden Hurst is the same reason I liked the I liked Russell Gage with with uh, Calvin Ridley likely out. Somebody else is probably going to step up. Uh, we saw that last year with Austin Hooper. Now this year that could be Hayden Hurst. I have him ranked as my tight end eight on the week. Uh, this surprised me too. He has Hayden Hurst the second most air yards among tight ends. The only person that has more tight end air yards is Travis Kelsey. Uh, he's actually tied, uh, Hurst is tied with Mark Andrews, which is kind of interesting. The former Baltimore teammates uh, tied for the most amount of air, second most amount of air yards behind Kelsey. So I love his opportunity. A little farther down, I think you can stream Logan Thomas for Washington. Uh, not a bad matchup against the Giants. Uh, Thomas has had a couple of good weeks. The last two weeks, he's been the tight end nine and the tight end four. So he's getting good targets. He's getting red zone targets. He's getting touchdowns. I think you can start him pretty confidently this week. I, I lost George Kittle in, in the league, sadly. And uh, Thomas was on the waiver wire. I picked him up. He is my, my George Kittle replacement. He's not going to be give me what Kittle did, but he might give me 70% of that, which I will take. And then if you want to take a really deep shot or a DFS play, or if you're just in a very deep league and you need a, a tight end desperately, um, I like Albert Aqua. Oh, I should, Alberto, I, I practice his name, Albert Aquabunam. I, 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 I swear I could say his name back in the NFL draft season, and it has totally left my brain. But Albert O, the, the second tight end for Denver, uh, Atlanta, who they play, gives up the, the most fantasy points on average to tight ends. So, of course, Noah Fant is a great play, too. But you're probably already starting Noah Fant. But Albert O... Uh, he has actually gotten touchdowns. He had a touchdown last week, and he uh, got a lot of – he had seven catches for 60 yards the week before. He's getting used. Uh, if you didn't know this, this has been floating around for a while, but he was actually college teammates of Drew Locke, and I had this – I might have talked about Albert O last week too, but he had, uh, I believe, they connected for like 17 or 18 touchdowns in their college career, maybe it was 16 touchdowns in 17 games, something like that. They connected for a lot of touchdowns. They obviously have that connection. So uh, I have him ranked as my tight end 19. So again, he is kind of a touchdown or bust kind of guy, although he can get the yardage too. Um, and avoid, what tight ends do you avoid? I, I cannot recommend at this point avoiding any tight ends. Um, it comes down to your options, right? There's uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a wasteland at tight end. So, uh, you know, when Jimmy Graham and Rob Gronkowski are still viable options, it's really hard to say who to avoid. 
there is about 20 different tight ends that are probably going to finish within a few points of each other. And just a few streaming DST options for the week. Uh, the Washington defense, I mentioned them. They are my favorite defensive play this week, you know, outside of the usual big names. Like I said, they're playing the Giants. Chase Young and Montez Sweat are going to be in Daniel Jones's face all night. Daniel Jones, when somebody's in his face, tends to turn the ball over. The Giants uh, have allowed, it's kind of weird to say they've allowed, the, uh, a top 10 DST performance against their team in seven of eight weeks. So, yes, that's a good play. Uh, Houston. Houston's not a great defense, but Jacksonville is starting a, a rookie uh, quarterback that I had never heard of before two weeks ago. So I think you can start Houston's defense. And now with all this news about who is out for San Francisco, I think Green Bay uh, becomes a, a viable option because you have on San Francisco, Nick Mullins throwing to some practice squad players uh, and third stringers and stuff like that. Uh, I'm avoiding the San Francisco defense. I do not want to start them. They still kind of have the, um, you know, the, the sense from last season when they were such a good defense. They're not a great defense this week or this year. Uh, and Green Bay has only, again, allowed uh, one top 20 DST performance against them. Right, Their offense has been good. And outside of that one Tampa Bay game, Aaron Rodgers doesn't tend to throw the ball away. Or <laughs> he will throw the ball away. He doesn't tend to throw interceptions or make a lot of bad choices. So those are, that's, that's my process for the week as far as players and situations I like and um, uh, either targeting or avoiding. So I'm going to wrap it up, but I see there's some people in the room. So if anybody has any questions here, I am definitely willing to, uh, to hear them. Otherwise uh, you can always find me on Twitter. Oh, we got, all right. Howard would like to speak. Awesome. Hey, Howard, what's up? Hey, happy Wednesday, Aaron. Hey, yeah, happy Wednesday, man. <laughs> hey, man, love your show, love your advice, but I want to go deeper on one guy we all know too well, Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> what does he mean to me? Uh, you know, I I thought that he was washed, especially the first couple of weeks of the year. He's been coming on, and I've been slow on the uptake, but I – I, I'm willing to play him at this point. I think he is he's a top 10 tight end. He just he is. I don't know how the Antonio Brown thing is going to play out, but, you know, that, that connection so is, he, is back. Is, is he a TE1? Yeah, I have him in that in that the low-end tight end one category. Holy shit. So him versus George Kittle, who do you like better? <laughs> well, until Kittle broke his foot, I would have liked Kittle. <laughs> yeah, was Kittle the guy before that? Oh, he was, yeah. Uh, I had Kittle as my tight end two right behind Kelsey. It's, got hard, it. to, it's hard to take down Kelsey. <laughs> and so you got you got Kelsey over Gronk, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just worried Gronk might not get any targets at all. Like, it, it could, it's game by game with him and this new team. Yeah, so, man, let me pull this up quick. Because his, his targets were, like, they were sp- body for a while and then all of a sudden they have been there the last uh, I've, I've almost got it here let me see alright My... take your time now <laughs> uh, oh, my internet's not going it's uh, not agreeing oh, no. no no worries it's, but but yeah I, I think he's had over four, four or five targets in 
three or four straight weeks. It's been, you know, and for a tight end, that's something you'll you'll take. <laughs> How many of them were end zone targets, though? That is a good question. So, you know, and where I got him, oh, here, I got it. It came up now, fine. So let me see. The last okay. three weeks, six targets, eight targets, eight targets. So, I mean, he's he's getting involved. He's scored touchdowns in the last two weeks straight, too. Right, right. Yeah. So we believe you believe in it because I wasn't believing in it for a little while. I I believe that he is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I believe he's a tight end you can start pretty confidently. Plus, uh, I mean, he's going to be one of those matchup kind of guys too because Tom Brady has been a matchup quarterback this year and he's got a lot of good matchups. Right. So tell me what you think about um, about Antonio Brown coming back because that's my guy. I I think he's one of the best producers in the league. Um, and I know he's been working all summer and since he was out of the league. Do you think we can rely on him? Yeah, I, I mentioned this. I'm willing to definitely start him this week. I, I got him ranked in like the 20s of my receiver rankings, but I feel like I'm hedging there because I feel like he's either going to be way better than that or he's just going to not be – ready but it sounds like he's ready every report we've heard and tom he's he's living in tom brady's house like the guy is gonna pass the ball to him hey is that story confirmed is he really living in brady's house so i guess i i haven't vetted it but i have heard it in several places so may i i guess i don't know where that originated from and i haven't read an official news article on it so maybe maybe that's made up i don't know but but i know that he was the main reason that they um they got him in New England last year for that game, and if you saw Bruce Arians in the past has been saying how he never he didn't want to bring Antonio Brown back, and all the rumors right. we hear is that it was Tom Brady pulling the strings behind the scenes. Yeah, I think behind the scenes Brady made it happen, you know, and I'm glad he still has a little bit of that, uh, you know, that uh, GM juice in him to <laughs> yeah. make. Um, and so I'm glad he's back. Hopefully Brown can uh, stay and, and be a good person off the field. But uh, yes. can I make a prediction on your show? Yeah, absolutely. Let's hear it. I predict not one, but two Antonio Brown touchdowns in his return to play. So nice. put that on Twitter. I, I will do that. That's bold, but you know what? I like it. <laughs> it's spicy, big fella. Yeah. I think we're about, we're about to live through the Antonio Brown renaissance, and it's going to be Really, really steamy for anybody who's playing against them. <laughs> yeah, get them in your lineups. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you for answering my questions and fielding my prediction. Absolutely. All right. Definitely a fun take there with that. Um, yeah, Antonio Brown, definitely somebody you can start. And, and hey, Howard says two touchdowns. So, so chalk it up, two touchdowns coming for Antonio Brown this week. All right. Um, if there's anybody else out there that wants to hop in, definitely feel free. Uh, like I was saying, I will be putting stuff up on Twitter. Oh, all right. Ethan wants to talk. Hey, Ethan, what's up? What up, what up? I have uh, the most, most, second most boring possible fantasy question um, <laughs> uh, about defense. Oh, all right. I like, I like a little defensive talk. I have to pick up someone because I have a bye, and I'm torn between the Giants and the Titans. So 
Giants are home for the Bears, and the Titans are in. I think the Titans are playing the Bears. Or sorry, right? Titans. Titans are home for the Bears. Giants yep. are in Washington. Yep. Um, uh, of those two, I think I would go with Tennessee because I actually think that the uh, the Bears' offense is. Uh, Worse than the than the Washington offense. Nick Foles, wow, is not Nick Foles is not good, man. <laughs> I I I feel that, but I also feel like Danny Dimes was was awful on. Like I know they almost beat the Bucks, but I really feel like that was one of the worst games Daniel Jones has ever. Oh yeah, but you're talking about the Giants' defense, right? Uh. Yeah, but I, what I'm saying is I wonder if, like, is, is he going to throw some pick sixes? Like, is their offense cooked even against, like, Washington? Like, I, I don't know. I oh, feel I, like I love Washington's defense. Yeah, I think, I think Jones is definitely turning the ball over a little bit. So, so the, yeah, maybe it is the Titans. I want to believe in – I just want to believe in the Bears, and I want to just fade everyone in the NFC East, which made me think, like, Maybe the Giants are the option. The NFC East is terrible. All the quarterbacks are going to throw picks, but maybe you're right. Maybe it's just yeah, the Titans I mean, have a pass rush, but yeah, you know Kyle Allen's not not good. Don't get me wrong, but I think Kyle Allen is like a, a serviceable quarterback, and I'm not sure that Nick Foles really is. <laughs> if that makes sense, that does. Wow, I can't believe we're really here with the Bears, but yeah, <laughs> maybe yeah. you're right. Yeah, I I usually like to. I don't know. Maybe I don't know what the strategy is for defenses. I usually like to try to go for the like points are so fickle. Like you never know what's going to happen with points. So I usually try to focus on teams. I feel like have an ability to get some sacks or force some turnovers. And I really don't trust the Tennessee pass rush, but maybe like the bears offense is just so bad that it might not. Yeah. Well, is, is the giants pass rush pass rush any better? No, but as a Cowboys fan, I felt like the the Cowboys were even able to get some pass rush against Washington. So, you know, I have I have some like some more faith, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe what it comes down to is that both these offenses are just really bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that is definitely part of it. I think you know, um, I think the the red the yeah Washington football team. I think they have some some big. Um, some guys that can break big plays with um, Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson. Like, those guys could break plays. I'm not sure. I guess there's Allen Robinson. But outside of that, who do the Bears even have? And he's not really – you know, he's kind of that possession guy. He's not a huge play, play – big play guy. So, I don't know. It's tough, man. That's those are not, not the ideal options. <laughs> no, it's definitely not what you want. But I think I think you're right. I think I'll go – Tennessee feels like – feels safer to me. And as a Cowboys fan, I don't want to root for any NFC East team. So maybe that's just the move. Man, I, I got to say, I usually don't have a lot of sympathy for Cowboys fans, but this year, man, it's, it's rough for you. <sighs> the less said about the Cowboys, the better. But they're the Cowboys, so there <laughs> gotcha. will be a lot said. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Thanks, Aaron. Yep, awesome. Thank you. All right. So, again... Thanks, everybody out there. Still a few people in the room if you want to hop in. Um, I do come on the air on here on Locker Room 
on uh, Sundays at 2.30 Central Time. I'm in the Central Time zone here. Uh, 3.30 Eastern. I do a show called Savior Sunday where I try to go over if you have any uh, lineup decisions still pending for the afternoon or primetime games that you can kind of swap out. You know, that's one of the underrated things sometimes is you can you can adjust on the fly with those late games, which is why, a quick reminder here, for that Thursday night game, whoever you have in that, if you have anybody, even if it is, you know, if Dexter Williams is somebody you have to play, put him in a running back spot. Don't put him in a flex spot because you want to have those flex spots. And that's some stuff that we talked about on the Sunday afternoon at uh, 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central, just before those afternoon games kick off. So watch for that. Um, watch for the show on Twitter. I might be able to pop in here and just do some random, you know, shows if, if news breaks or whatever on Locker Room. That's always fun to do. Um, and this episode here that I'm, you know, doing now, this does turn into a podcast. So you can always find that. That's uh, called The Process Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, that's anywhere you can find podcasts. And if you are listening to it on the podcast, you know, after Wednesday night, if you're listening to this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, even Sunday morning, uh, if you could hit up a review on Apple, iTunes, or wherever else, that always is definitely helpful. So I am going to call it a night. Thank you for everybody that was in the room listening, asking questions. Always enjoy it. Good luck in week nine.